Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 25th anniversary show. This is the JT The Brick Show on a Thursday, and today we are going to celebrate the fact that the host of this show, Mr. JT The Brick, has been on the radio for 25 years. Now, I know a lot of you guys are thinking, why would you do an entire show to celebrate this fact? Well, there's two reasons. One, because it gives me something to do that's a little different from the average ordinary show, because I'm like a non-sport guy, and I like to have a little fun every once in a while. And today, boys and girls, we're going to have some fun. And number two, if you think about it, how many guys do you know that have existed doing sports talk radio on the highest level for 25 years? I thought about this. Who could I come up and name? Okay, there's Rome, there's Mad Dog, there's Pharrell, JT, and who else? If you know somebody, call me and let me know because I thought about it. I couldn't think of anybody. This guy has existed in this business, and this is show business, just like any other kind of show business. People come and go every day. And to think that you've been able to last for 25 years, there's something to be said about that sort of thing. And so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hands together and welcome in the host of this show and probably one of my closest friends in the entire radio industry. And that's saying something, too. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mr. J.T. The Thank you. You kind of jumped me on this one because usually we celebrate the anniversary on Memorial Day, but you went back into the archives and found out that today was the exact day, uh, May 27th, 1996, when I cracked the mic for the first time on Sports Fan Radio Network. So, I knew you were up to something. I thought we were going to do it another day, but for you to nope. drop it in today and kind of ambush me, which only you can, I am very interested in what's in front of us today, and thank you for doing this. Dude, you don't have to worry. All You, got, you are the guest of honor on this All show right. today. All you got to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Now, let's get a little bit of the history out of the way, first of all. Mm -hmm. You went to Geneseo State University. Correct. You were a fraternity president. Fraternity president of the D-Case. And you were also on the rugby team. Was on the rugby team. Which yes. completely makes complete sense to me. <laughs> it did. Now, Not at the time, but it ended up making sense, yes. Now, now here's, uh, here's the one thing I have a question on. Once you graduated college, did you become a stockbroker first, or did you move to La Jolla first? I became a stockbroker. Worked okay. for a company by the name of Sherwood Capital and J.T. Moran, which ended up being the backdrop for the movie Boiler Room. Mm -hmm. So that was a very interesting chapter in my life. So when I graduated college with a communications degree, believe it or not, from Geneseo State, I went right to work getting my Series 7 and becoming a stockbroker for the next few years of my life. And you stayed up in New York for about how long before you moved to La Jolla? I was in New York in Connecticut uh, probably two through. I graduated college in 87, and I probably moved out. I moved out in 90. Mm -hmm. So I was there for three, three and a half hard years before I transferred out to La Jolla, California with Smith Barney, and then ended up working at Smith Barney and Merrill Lynch in the early 90s to mid-90s. Now, while you were in La Jolla, you also had a hobby, and that hobby was listening to and calling Sports Talk Radio. Yes. Uh, when I moved out west, I fell in love with Sports Talk Radio in Southern California on the Mighty 690 because that style of radio was something I never heard in New York. And it was Hacksaw, and it was Rome, and there was a lot of different shows out there, Chet Forty. And Steve Hartman and I said, when I was sitting in my car, I said, listen, I'm hooked on this. i got to start calling into those radio shows, and that's how I became a caller. And you weren't just your average caller. 
No, I was a good caller. I was I yes, was a good were. call, but I was one of many good callers. There were several good callers and several better than me because that was really the birth of explosive sports talk radio with callers out west, thanks to Jim Rome. Exactly. Speaking of which, now one of our first sound bites. Now, I know that a lot of people have heard the call, the call that started it all, so mm-hmm. to speak, but not a whole lot of people have heard how that actual show ended. And so, for the first time and probably the last time in the history of radio, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the actual final segment of the Jim Rome Show, the very first smack-off, the time that JT the Brick took the title. Give a listen. And then all of a sudden, this guy explodes onto the scene. It changed the whole tone of the afternoon. After that, the faxes improved, the calls improved, and we finally had what felt like the great American smack-off. This changed everything. I think by now you all know there is no doubt. We have a new king of smack. He has the honor. I will award him with his own phone line briefly, but let's relive the moment. Earlier, this is now what we can call the call of the year. Van Smack, what an honor to be a part of the first annual Great American Smack Off. Today, the jungle proves that there are a few Tarzans. The rest are a bunch of cheetah chimps who wish they had game like I. First off, Denver, I don't read my calls, I don't sing my smack, and I don't tolerate poems. I'm very aware that Kelly Rudy can die in between the pipes on any given night. I know that Piazza is the strongest man in SoCal, and I've come to hate the filth, which is the battery-chucking, water-hoarding, China-doll-worshipping no-cows. But don't forget where my loyalty lies. The greatest city, the deepest tradition, and the best smack comes from New York and the bricks. When the earthquake hit, I didn't pick up the fish wrap to read about the damage. I looked to the box scores to see if the Knicks pulled out another gutty win. I have a passion to see Cal Ripken rupture a kidney this season than to see him break my beloved Lou Gehrig's record. Rome, I've made a lot of friends in the jungle. I'm psyched about that. So now all you rotisserie geeks can put your pens down. I'm not going to read you a top ten list of who I think has game. It's already understood. You know, when the strike went down, I didn't feel for the working stiff whose only job in life was to mop up the bathroom floor after I missed the urinal. Who cares about the 70-year-old grandma who serves beer at a pathetically slow pace so I have to miss two full innings of baseball? I felt for Don Manningly, who was going to participate in his first postseason. Or how about the kids? Does anybody care about the kids who can name more Power Rangers than pro baseball players? When the Rangers won the Stanley Cup, after 54 years, you have no idea how I felt. It wasn't like the Raiders winning a preseason road game or the Cuervo Gold Beach Volleyball Championship. It's much bigger than that. It's a passion. It's my life. That's why I brought the word of the jungle to such great events as Mardi Gras and down under the Sydney, Australia, just to name a few. I can do this because I give my girlfriend cheap costume jewelry so I can road trip anytime I want. I guess I need to touch base on the Raiders, the myopic Raiders, quickly. Basically, if they don't pick up a new owner in the draft, they're done. And the only thing Denver is going to accomplish in the next couple of years is losing people's luggage at that funky new airport. Today is a celebration of smack. Everybody in the jungle has different styles. I compare my experience to when I pledged my fraternity back in college. For the first few months, I was a punk who had to wait on hold and pick and choose my spots to 
this match. Now I feel like the pledge master who gets to spank the new plebes on the butt while they say, thank you, JT the Brick. Can I please have another? Was there any doubt? It changed the entire complexion of the first annual Great American Smack-Off. May I present to you the new king of smack, JT the Brick. Brick, phenomenal effort. Vance Smack, thanks for getting me in the jungle. A monster win. I'm fired up. I'm fired up about a ton of things, but I'm fired up that I won this event. When you win the first of anything, it's big, and this will go down as a big event. Hopefully my smack will hold up in years to come. Brick, it was an ungodly blast. Let me ask you, Brick, go back in time. Charlie Simmer pitched you to win this whole thing. Did that fire you up? Were you inspired, Brick? I met Charlie four, four to close to five years ago when I first moved out here. Got to hang out with him a few times, kept in touch with him. When he came in, does anybody understand he has the record for most consecutive games in a row with a goal? Gretzky can't touch that record. No one's beat it. He's a monster in Southern California. He comes in out of nowhere, pats me on the back. It was huge. Now, Brick, you have to understand this. The thing that impresses me most about this call, you were matching up against all the legends. Everybody knew it would come down to this, but it was just one blast, one shot, single elimination, and, Brick, you stepped up. To me, that was the key. In your moment, when everybody had a shot, you were the one that really went deep. I'm most impressed with you performing under pressure. Thanks, Vince Smack, man. i got to thank my dad who coached me every year for every year in succession since I've been five years old. All the bricks are here. Rocket, Jason, Delmar, Riley, H., and Jimmy B. It's a great event. They're all en route as we speak to come here. I will not smack anybody else. Some of the monsters in the jungle are unbelievable. They beat me on a regular basis. But I'm telling you, today I held up. I'm very proud of that. I want to thank Long Island, New York. I want to thank the New York Knicks. I want to thank everybody who I've ever met since I've been out here. I'm fired up. I will wear the crown respectably. I'm a good man to know, and I'm fired up that I won the first annual Smackathon. That was it. That was the call that started it all. That was. And that happened on uh, Good Friday, 1995, to start the journey off to get into Sports Talk Radio. Haven't heard that call in a long, long time. And uh, funny that you have it. And you had the extended version with the interview on the back end like only Bobby can pull off. It's amazing the things you can find on YouTube. Now... Our first guest, this is another guy that you were listening to back in the San Diego era, and he was a, a, you're kind of a fan of his. He is a radio legend. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hands together for the legendary Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. What's up, Lee? Hello, Lee. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Thank you, Hacksaw, and I appreciate it. Big day. As Bobby said, my producer, I moved to California out west, and I was listening to you first before anybody, and your style of sports talk radio changed my life, and one of the reasons I'm here 25 years later. Thank you. Yeah, blame me. Everybody blames me. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten that you were a refugee from Long Island, much like I was. Um, it's you know the industry has has been unique. Uh, I, I was very fortunate. I did 28 years of sports talk radio in Southern California, based out of San Diego, but on a couple of monster blowtorch signal stations, and had an unbelievable, uh, tremendous run of success. I was I, as you as you talked about winning your award. 
that was the first. I was the first to do it on the West Coast and to do it really, really differently for, for the fans uh, that are listening to you. Uh, Extra Sports 690 was the third all-sports radio station in America uh, behind WIP Philadelphia and then WFAN in New York. Uh, I was doing afternoon drive in San Diego after having done evening drive in, in Phoenix. Uh, I started uh, the exact same week that Mike and the Mad Dog started at WFAN in New York, and we all know what happened to them and the great success they had with that station, and, and then Mad Dog obviously spinning off to go to Sirius XM and, and the Mad Dog channel, and, and Francesa just becoming a legend unto his own. We all do it differently. Uh, I, I, I like to joke that uh, if you do this long enough, you should get good enough at it. So, you know, I had a 28-year run. Now, you're lucky. I mean, you're, you're getting saluted at, what, 25 years of doing yes. this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when my anniversary came up, they gave me a brown envelope, <laughs> told me to sign here, and all your belongings are in a brown bag on the back, back porch. Um, but uh, it, it's fun. Uh, it, it, it's a very different era now, I think, at Sports Talk Radio, JT, and I think you'd agree with me. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you've got substance, you add shtick, and mix with water, you should be successful. And Lee, other components have to have to play into that equation. You got you got to be on a big signal station uh, if you've got quality play-by-play wrapped around you. Um, I I recall the first the first time uh, in Phoenix when I started in 1981. Uh, I had gone to a legendary news talk station that had done mom and pop sports talk. You know, everything is beautiful. Well, everything is not beautiful. And I walked into KTAR, a legendary, iconic station that still exists. And the first week I was in Phoenix, JT, baseball went out on strike. Arizona State Sun Devil football got put on NCAA probation. And the Phoenix Suns, who were the number one seed in the entire NBA playoffs, lost in the first round, even though they had home court advantage. So I walked, I walked in the front door the first week, and you're aware of my style. Here's what's going on in sports. Here's what Lee Hamilton thinks. And I just went after everybody. And I, I, I attacked Major League Baseball for going out on strike. And then I attacked the Phoenix Suns, who were the flagship franchise in that city. Everybody loved the Suns except me. And then went after Arizona State. How the hell can you get put on probation with all the assets and facilities and beautiful girls and palm trees you have, why do you have to cheat? And that community went crazy. And what happened was, because baseball went out on strike, JT, I was doing four hours a night on KTAR, uh, the legendary 620 sports line. They had me 51 straight days of me doing my sports talk in a market that had never been exposed to my style, stick, substance, add water. So, I mean, it, it was legendary and had a lot of fun and then moved to San Diego and then kind of repeated the cycle because I was the first one on the West Coast that was doing real mm-hmm. hardcore across-the-board sports talk. Not not mom-and-pop, everything-is-beautiful sports talk, not not post-game cheer-for-the-Dodgers sports talk, but I'm talking about anything and everything. So that's a long answer to your first question. But, yeah, I, I, I had my style and I had my substance and I had my shtick and we did very well. And, you know, I, I think you're a byproduct, an offshoot yep. of what I created and what you've experienced from a lot of other people, including with Jim Rome. Well, I'll tell you this, Lee, on the way out. Thank you for calling in today and being a part of this because your impact on my show today is daily. 
I, the way you prep, the way you prepare for a show, the way it's no nonsense, it's headlines, headlines, monologue. Your monologue, your monologue has had the biggest impact on my career with my monologue, which I take pride in every day. Hope to see you soon when I'm down in San Diego again. Hope to see you out in Vegas, and thanks for being our first guest today. All right. Congratulations on what you've accomplished and being a survivor. Talk to you again, JT. Thank you. And that is the... Uh, that's the franchise. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, who we have on the show all the time. And that's a true story. A lot of people say, well, Jim Rome, you won his smack off. I did. I wouldn't oh, be yeah. here today without that. But Lee Hacksaw Hamilton was the guy I was listening to mm-hmm. when I found the Rome show because I loved Hacksaw's style coming from New York. And, yeah, he, he's had a big influence on me. Exactly. That's why I wanted to make sure to get him on first. We're going to try to do this chronologically. Okay. I think by the second hour, it's just going to go off the rails. One more <laughs> thing I wanted to, before we go to break, one more thing you did back then. I wasn't around, but one thing you did that I thought was remarkably smart and intelligent. At this point, you also had a time brokerage show over on KFMB. Am I right? Yes. Before I got on Sports Fan Radio Network, I had to buy my time. Mm-hmm. So I bought, bought my time on KMAX in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. It was Sunday night, $400, $200 an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to put the checks Sunday night into the safe. They never ended up cashing them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then a gentleman by Dave Sniff, who I work with now as the head engineer for the Raiders, he was the program director on KFMB. And he gave me an opportunity for a Sunday night show. And that only lasted six weeks until I got hired by Sports Fan Radio Network and started Memorial Day 96. But the one thing I thought that was always remarkably intelligent. Now, you've got a time-brokered show. That means mm-hmm. you got to pay for your money. You know what this guy did? He goes out. He's, he finds a brick company somewhere in, like, San Diego or Higgins whatever. Brick Company in L.A. Higgins Brick Company. Goes out and finds his brick company and gets them to sponsor his show so he doesn't have to pay for the damn thing. He does his two hours, and he's good to go. The next thing you know, he's got headshots. 30-year-old JT the Brick headshots him holding a brick. Well, that was interesting because I didn't want to pay for radio. I thought that was beneath me at the time, and it wasn't. I give a lot of people advice today. Any way you can get on the radio, do it. If you have to pay to get on the radio, it'll give you an opportunity. But those early years, 25, 26 years ago, when I was trying to climb into the business, were you know great memories, and I met a lot of great people along the way. Okay, when we come back, we take on the Sports Fan Radio Network era. Ooh. What I lovingly refer to as the Sportsman School of Broadcasting. That's where we all learned how this whole thing worked. Are we going back to Ellis Island? We're going way back. We're going going back to the Continental and the the Buck 99 breakfasts. The Sportsman Radio Network. Stick around. JT the Bricks 25th anniversary show here on Raider Nation Radio. I'm a glorified sports talk traffic cop. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers. That means have a damn opinion. We are on a mission for God. Digest it, be a part of it, and if you don't call, you're useless. Anything can happen. Big things happen in the brick house all the time. The comfort zone for the millennium. We've got your numbers. You're blowing up on the ticket, brick, man. There's no such thing as topics on this show, because I don't do topic radio. We just talk about whatever's hot. Let's get jiggy, jiggy. Tell me the last time your favorite radio host did this for you. We gotta get over it and get back to sports, baby, because that's what you do best. It's the stupidity that flies sometimes. 
time out of people's mouths. What I'm saying is it's not just sports talk radio, it's radio. It's getting better, isn't it? I do hardcore sports talk. It's radio-free breakout. Hey, guys, get a life. Cop a feel. Grow up just a tad. This is when the real sports fans step up. This is disgusting. But I'm a lunatic when it comes to taking phone calls. I got my radio blasted. JT, you rock, man. Free speech all the way. Thank you. I've been waiting for that all night. The Brick House. I'm not a fan-friendly kind of guy, okay? I care about my team more than the players on my team. What's up, Brick? First time caller. I'm going to try to give you a good call and keep this thing going. And like I said, you got the best all around. Would you like me to repeat that? And like I said, you got the best all around. Bring it hard. Bring it fast. And the reason you're the best around is because you tell it like it is. Record number of calls tonight, Brick. You know it, and I'll say it. Quite frankly, JT, I needed to be talked off the ledge. Keep the show cranking. Baseball will be plenty exciting again this year. This team could get off to a quick start. God bless you. God bless America. <laughs> you need this show. <laughs> oh, I feel good. Give the respect, or I will take the respect from you. Wipe this baby to where you chicken punk towers now. Wow. I'm full of it tonight, ain't I? Can I go off? Yeah, take your time, Dad. The dead zone's over. I'm sick. And that's reality. You get right on that phone right now. This is Caller Driven Radio. One big team effort here tonight. Can you try to sound a little original? Huh? This is JT the Brick on the Sports Fan Radio Network. And that's just a taste of what we used to do over on the Sports Fan Radio Network. We well, really had intros that were that long. I mean, that is unheard of. That was a two-minute rejoin. That actually how, can wasn't get, how can we get that now? Or did you just splice that together? Oh, no, that wasn't an intro. You know what that was? That was the demo that Affiliate Relations used to shop around trying to get oh, us more affiliates. Right, the demo for affiliates. Yep. There you go. And you, of course, had it in a box somewhere for 20-something years ago. Because I'm the one that produced it, me and Eric Teep. Interesting. Yeah, Way Eric Teep. When. Wow, welcome back, back in the to day. The, welcome back to the show. This is the JT The Brick 25th anniversary show. At this point, we're at 1998, and JT, I, I joined him in January of 97, over in that crappy little office building <laughs> on the fifth floor over on Flamingo and Spencer. Yes. And me and this guy getting together after five hours of radio, four o'clock in the morning, going to the Continental Hotel and Casino, having their $1.99 steak and egg breakfast. We did. And the two of us sitting there with pads of paper and pen writing out ideas for radio. And that's we, how we did it. We did it. We would sit there after the show at 4 or 5 in the morning, get a $1.99 breakfast, go over our notes from the show, and try to figure out how to make it better the next time. It was complete. The thing I loved about that show, that, that whole show, was that we had the freedom to do anything we wanted. We had the freedom to do whatever the hell we wanted, as long as we were talking sports and covering the games. And, and we, 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 we ventured we off. Out. Sometimes yeah. we ventured off. But those are great memories, because if I didn't get that call to come out here, at that time, I don't know what I have done. I wouldn't have given radio more than a year before I jumped back into stockbrokering, and that year happened really quickly with the move out to Vegas. And the thing about Sportsman also is it, it was a breeding ground for so many people that yes. went on to do other things in sports. Brandon Tierney in New York, Bruce Shine with Mad Dog doing mm -hmm. his show. Zach Zaidman ended up with the Cubs doing their pre- and post-game show. There's just bunches of people Cold that went Field on. and Koken who are in the building, mm -hmm. and we see all the time, and... Yeah, a lot of guys who want Soren Petro. There's more and more names yep. out there. A lot of good people came through Sports Fan Radio Network, and it was a lot of fun. There were a lot of bizarre people, a wink, wink, behind the scenes there, but we all, for whatever reason, got along. And one of the guys who went on to do great things is our next guest, a man named Howard Balzer. Hi, Howard. How are you doing? I am doing great. <laughs> Just hearing you guys talking about it. Of course, I preceded 
uh, you guys, because I was there at the birth of Sports Fan Radio Network in that same building on Flamingo and Spencer. Uh, I went out there in January of 94, and when we went on the air uh, for the first time, when we were just doing one show in the evening. But I'll tell you, when you said the Continental, the best <laughs> thing about the Continental is where we would go there so many times, especially on Friday night after the show, and listen and watch and became friends with the legendary in Vegas, Cookie Jar and the Crumbs. Howard and the karaoke that we did and you did and led the way taught me how to do karaoke. And on top of that, <laughs> we saw we saw the great cookie jar put on these unbelievable performances. And I try to keep in touch with him a little bit today. And I can't wait for Vegas to open up so Cookie Jar will be performing again. Those are amazing shows. He knew everybody in the lounge. Everybody felt like they were a star when they went to see Cookie Jar. No doubt about it. And at one point after the Continental, he was at the MGM. And I'll never forget this. He would listen to our show. And we, did a, we would do a segment called This Moment in Time and come up with some bizarre stories of something that happened on that date. And so this one night, a bunch of us go in there. We walk in, and Cookie says, the H-Man. The H-Man's in the house. And he pulls out, I don't know if it was a phone or a tape recorder, and he starts playing the tape of the Moment in Time segment on the stage. It, it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, it, was, it was great times. You know, I, I went out there. It was interesting because I went out there two months, living in St. Louis, two months after St. Louis was uh, not picked as an expansion team. That was in November of 93. And they were supposed to get one of the two teams. Instead, it went, the second one went to Jacksonville. And I'm going, I can't believe this. And so all of a sudden, I get this opportunity. And I said, well, we're not going to have football here for who knows how much longer now. And so I headed out to Vegas, enjoyed every minute of it, did leave when the Rams upped and moved to St. Louis. Right. And here I am now in Arizona because the Rams moved again back uh, to L.A. But, yeah, you're right. They, they, they were great times. And... Uh, pretty amazing. And I was given my, here's a great story, guys. I was given my nickname, H and H Man, by the one and only Pete Rose. Who still comes on with me all the time out here. We just had him on. And the connection through all of us, Charlie Barker, the program director, yeah. everyone behind the scenes, you and now you covering the Cardinals and all the work you're doing here out west in Arizona. We have you on all the time. I want to thank you for doing this today. I had no idea who's coming on. And you had a big impact on my career still to this day, but especially early on, that I could watch a pro like you and try to learn from you from a distance. So I can't thank you enough, Howard. Well, I appreciate that, J JT. Always enjoy uh, coming on with you. Now we're, we're we're pretty close. Of course, probably probably spending that year and a half in Vegas and getting accustomed to the desert weather probably uh, prepared me for uh, living in Arizona. So uh, when things open up, we'll look forward to uh, uh, getting together when I, I head up to Vegas for for so I'll, I'll head up there for something. Obviously, sounds good, buddy. Have a great day. Thanks for doing this. You too, guys. Take care. How are The H Man. The first guy on the 25th anniversary show to reference Cookie Jar. How about that? Who's an institution? I didn't know when it was coming in. I assumed there was going to be either music or a reference to Cookie Jar. So I appreciate him doing that. I'm glad he thought of that because I completely forgot <laughs> that whole karaoke thing. Don't ask me why I may have forgotten it. Okay, so here's how this whole thing started. 
On a Tuesday in January in 1997, at this point I'm working at KLAV, you are on your third producer, a guy by the name of Chris Bly. Mm -hmm, the captain. You're having a little issues there. I got a call over on KLAV from a guy named Charlie Barker. I worked with Charlie. He, When I was at KLAV, he used to do Friday night high school football. And he was the guy on site, the producer, mm -hmm. and he could never get the connections right for whatever reason. We always had troubles getting there. We'd always get it on at the very last second and pull it off every single time. And after a few months of this, he comes up to me after the football season. He's like, hey, Bobby, how'd you like to make some more money? I'm like, absolutely. I would love to. He's like, I got this guy you really need to meet. You ever heard of JT the Brick? I'm like, no. He's like, be in my office Tuesday at 430. I show up. You come walking in, Look, took one look at this long-haired drug addict and went, <laughs> that is my new producer. I will never forget. You looked me dead in the eye and you said, and I quote, I am going to the top and I'm uh, nobody is going to stop me and that's it. And I looked you dead in the eye and went, and dude, I'll be there to ride your coattails the whole time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the man that put us both together, wow. Charlie Barker. CB, how are you, Charlie All Barker? I do is a zoom, a zoom, zoom, and a boom, boom. Oh, the cookie it's jar reference. Cookie jar, man. CB. 702-737-PRO-A. <laughs> That's his number. Give him a call. I'll never forget it. He probably still has it today. I'm happy that you're involved in this Bobby Special Edition 25-year anniversary show because... I tell the story all the time. You were the program director of Sports Fan Radio Network, and I drove from La Jolla to Southern California in L.A. for a Pete Rose remote, which was so crowded. I had to walk through it. I found you. I had a bunch of cassettes, which was basically just a smack off and a bunch of raw radio shows. I handed those cassettes to you, and then I followed up with you by phone. And you hired me. You were the first guy to have national confidence in me to give me a job, and I can't thank you enough for that. You are absolutely most welcome, but i got to tell you, if people ask me all the time, what made JT different? Obviously the talent. But, dude, you were the most persistent guy who followed up, and it, it just I could tell from day one that you were just different, man. And I, people ask me all the time, what are you most proud of in your career, right? What, what, you know, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm getting old. I've done a lot of things in my life. What I'm most proud of is the success of the people that I've worked with. And I point to, first and foremost, my brother, JT the Brick. You've earned everything, brother. I just helped start you off. But I could not be more proud. Well, CB, that means a lot. And we've been friends a long time. And from the wedding to just traveling and seeing each other on the road. One more thing. I'll never forget the day you came to me because I was hammering you, hammering you to let me co-host <laughs> the Pete Rose show because guys were coming and going. And you said, yeah, you can do it. But I got no money for you. And I said, what? And you said, yeah, I got no more extra money for you. And I said, I'd do it. And I was working midnight to five and then hosting the Pete Rose Show. And the opportunity you gave me to co-host the Pete Rose Show at the MGM, you remember those stories and what the book oh looked like and the radio set oh that we God. had. That had a big impact on me on the next stage of my life, going to San Francisco, getting discovered Absolutely. by the Raiders because Pete Rose and you put me together with the all-time hit king. Man, let me tell you, that again, persistence you knew what you wanted and you went for it and obviously some people are pers are persistent but don't have the talent to back it up brother you are you are the perfect combination you work your ass off you're persistent and obviously 25 years later brother 
the talent shines through. Well, we need a documentary on Sports Fan Radio Network. I watch a lot of rock docs and sports docs. If we can do a yeah. documentary on Netflix for those five, six years, four, five years, whatever it was, until Bobby and I hosted the last ever radio show, as that's that's a, that's a movie in itself. But you have a great legacy in sports radio as a program director. You're one of the most important program directors, in my opinion, in syndicated sports talk history because you had a lot of people working for you. Everybody was raw. Everyone wanted to make it big, and you all gave us a platform. And I really appreciate that about you, and I hope to see you out here soon in Vegas for a Raider game. I would love to, JT. I'm, I'm honored. Uh, the legacy, you look at everywhere around sports radio. You look at Rob Fisher, what he's doing in Memphis, Chuck Powell in Seattle, obviously what you're doing, Zig Ficasi on NFL radio. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I will tell you, I, I was listening to part of the Balzer interview. One thing I will say, Howard is about one of three people that I did not hire at Sports Fan Radio Network. He was there when I got there, but everybody else uh, were, were guys that I brought in, and I'm, I'm super, super proud of uh, what you all have accomplished, and you know, you're know, you one in a million, JT. Love you, love you, CB. Thanks for doing this. I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you coming on. Much love. Love you too, Bobby. Be good. Yeah, that's a nice surprise. Being the guy who hired me. Had an all-star cafe. Yeah, us, really. He really did. He had a big impact in my life because if he didn't hire me, I never come out here. I never meet my wife. I never have my kids. You know, I believe in fate and an arc in your life. He had a big, big, big arc in my life because if he didn't offer me that door to walk through, there's nothing on the other side. So I owe Charlie Barker a lot. Nice surprise, Bobby. You're surprising me today. I, I don't know what else you have in store. Oh, wait. We're not done with the sports fan era just quite yet. Okay. There were a few other interesting things that happened during that era, and we're going to talk about <laughs> a couple of them coming up next. This is the 25th anniversary JT the Bricks show, and we'll be back in a bit. Here comes Ryan Clement trying to quiet the crowd down. He's going to pitch it out to He Hate Me. He's got running room. He's in. Touchdown. He Hate Me. Rod Smart in Vegas goes up 6-0. Here come the fireworks. There's another piece of JT the Brick lore and history. That's around 2000, right? Yeah. Voice of John Sandler shows me. And Napoleon McCallum to be the voices of the XFL Las Vegas Outlaws. And I called the first ever football touchdown here of He Hate Me in that national game on the radio. That was a fun chapter. I wish it lasted longer. Vince McMahon yeah. was such a smart businessman that he knew how much money he was losing. He could have kept it going another year. He had plenty of money. They were loaded. And he said, nope. I'm not going to lose this. I got a bigger business, wrestling. I'm going to shut it down. And all of us said, man, can't we do another year? Yeah. We were doing games at Soldier Field, Pac Bell's brand new park in San Francisco, the Liberty Bowl in New York. And they pulled the plug on it. But that was great travel and a lot of fun and a lot of play-by-play -play that I got a chance to do that year. It was a good time. Okay, I got one more guest from the sport fan here. I got to get on one of our dear, dear, dear friends, uh -oh. one of my personal favorite people. I couldn't get him right away because he's a busy guy working <laughs> over on Sirius XM NFL radio these days. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hand together for my, my personal favorites. He used to be Frank Andrews. He's now Zig Fracassi. What up, Zig? 
What do you say, gentlemen? <laughs> two and two to Harvey, Harvey Keen. Keen. Zig, how are you? Zig, before <laughs> we get going, go- brother. Before we get going, I was going to come at you last night because I was melting down with my <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights, and you were you were there. You weren't lifting up your old adopted city, Vegas. I think you knew the Golden Knights were running into a hot team again last night in the Wild. Why can't we get past the Wild easily? Well, they aren't your uh, wild that they've been in past years, JT. It's clear that uh, Dean Evason has done an outstanding job changing the culture a little bit there. Ryan Suter, Zach Parise, longtime fan favorites, longtime stalwarts have had their roles minimized. And, and, you know, I know this doesn't do well for Vegas, but Parise, who's basically been relegated to the bench, back in the lineup now because of injury, and he's been a force the last couple of games. Vegas just can't score, JT. They, they do miss Pacioretty, but my gosh, you got Stone and Carlson and Marcia, so you got to get the puck into the net. Minnesota's played responsibly the last two games defensively. Winner take all tomorrow night at the Fortress. Zega, one more thing before we get back to the sports fan radio years is that you know NHL personnel a lot better than I do. I thought this Vegas Golden Knight team was loaded. They had two goalies. Leonard uh, paid long-term flurry, a future Hall of Famer. And then you mentioned the snipers and the goal scorers that haven't shown up consistently. Were you you expecting flurry to play all seven games in a seven-game series? Yeah, because I think it's one of these things, JT, unless, you know, God forbid there's an injury or... You know, if Fleury was shelled for, say, six goals in a game, normally the tendency is for, you know, the, the, to play the hot hand. And obviously, you know, Leonard's a quality goalie, but as you mentioned, Marc-Andre Fleury, championship pedigree, took this team to a final before, so I, I think you just rode the hot hand. He's, he's been good. Cam Talbot's actually been very good, so winner take all, game seven. Zig, let's get back to Sports Fan Radio Network. We worked together. You had a big impact. I turned the corner, show up, because I was working late nights, but I wanted to be seen in the building during the day. I wanted people to know I existed, and you were in control of the bullpen with the sports pig, Mike Response, the whole team that was there. How big of a role did Sports Fan Radio Network have in your career as a broadcaster? Well, it was absolutely huge. I mean, um, I had just been let go at uh, what became one-on-one. It was Sports Entertainment Network. Then it's had so many incarnations since Sporting News, Yahoo, and all down the line. And obviously I was feeling a little down and went to work at the Sands, the old Sands Sportsbook for a little bit. And then turned out I heard about Sports Fan Radio. We were on, on you know, Flamingo at the time across from the uh, – the TGI Fridays and for, for, yeah, I mean, that wasn't much of a studio, but I'll tell you what, the camaraderie that we had, Charlie Barker, I'm forever indebted to him for hiring me, uh, Howard Balzer, Dave Koch and all the rest of the crew there. It had a big time impact on me. And then of course, mentoring, uh, this brash upstart from, uh, from New York, from Long Island, New York there, of course, uh, that talking about you and I just knew that uh, you were going to be someone to be reckoned with in terms of your passion, your knowledge, your hunger, and as you said, showing up during the daytime. You wanted to be seen and known. 
proud of you, my friend. Happy to call you a friend and colleague, and congrats on your 25 years. And one more thing, Zig, I'll tell you this from the heart. It's always from the heart with you. What I loved about our time working together was the grind, how hard we worked all together, and you know, 17 and a half years I worked at Fox, and all yep. those times at the Super Bowl, I would meet with my bo- our boss, new boss now, Steve Cohen, and that's the company I always wanted to work for. I was very happy where I was, but in the back of my mind, I wanted to find a home for me with radio, and man, was I lucky. Sirius XM is the best company I've ever worked for, along with Lotus here, when it comes to management and the style of radio and the fact that callers are allowed to talk and we interact and we do all this. So I'm proud to be your teammate now on Sirius XM. I love it there. Yeah, and, you know, it's obvious I love when I'm able to come on your show and all that kind of thing. You've been on my show on NFL radio, and, you know, it's just people always said years ago, JT, would you ever pay for TV? Well, people have. Would you pay for radio when you've got the variety Sirius XM has, anything that you could want, sports, news, talk, commercial-free, all that kind of thing. But the fact that we put out A-list programming shows the vision and the direction, my friend. And, again, always great to be with you. Text me when the Golden Knights win, or I'm going to be a cranky, (laughs) cranky Golden Knight fan. Have a good weekend, buddy. All right, boy. There he is, Frank Andrews, formerly. He's Zig Fikasi. And uh, another great guy, good friend, made the cut, came to my wedding. Yes, he did. At the wedding. I was there. I know you were there. 400 people at the Monte Carlo in the ballroom. My wife reminds everybody we didn't get married at the Monte Carlo. We got married at the Catholic Church, Guardian Uh Cathedral, but my reception was at the Monte Carlo. And they wouldn't let me in the Catholic Church. That's a whole other story. And listen, we've got a couple minutes before the top of the hour, and I'm going to kind of just go out of character here for a moment because there's a bunch of people here at Lotus that really— Love you and appreciate the work you do. And they all wanted to say hi, so they're going to say hi right now. I want to give a big shout-out to a guy who I have a ton of respect for who's been a legend in this industry, and I'm talking about JT the Brick. Celebrating 25 years, outstanding, outstanding run. I mean, when you think about winning the first smack-off on the Jim Rome show, uh, and then just turning that into one of the most legendary broadcasting careers, I think it's extraordinary. But what's more extraordinary is the person, JT the Brick. I mean, a lot of people know him as JT the Brick on air. But JT, as everybody know, knows him personally, just a great, great, great family man, successful, great family, uh, but just a great person too, influential, and, and won't hesitate to help anybody, won't hesitate to reach out and to just see how people are doing, see how they're getting along. But then on top of that, just wants to make sure that, look, if you're in the radio business, I'll give you I'll give you advice. I'll give you information, things that you need to be successful. So I think of JT that way, but as well as just the immense talent that he has to be on air. But to have a career as long as JT has had to 25 years. JT, man, I can't say enough good things about you, great things about you. And that's so true uh, when I talk about you. It doesn't matter the market. I could be in Denver, Colorado. I could be in Atlanta. I mentioned the fact that I know and work with JT the Brick. Everybody's like, oh my God, what kind of guy is he? You know, who is he? I mean, that guy is awesome. And so uh, I think that's just a testimony, JT. And uh, you're a great, great, great man. And you've had a great, great, great career. So congratulations on 25 years. Happy anniversary, JT. 25 years. Wow, that went by in a flash. Doug Douglas here. Whether it's at a Rush concert, reading your book, The Handoff, it has been a pleasure to listen and to read you for years. And here's to 25 more, JT. Good luck.
Congrats. What's up, everyone? It's Steph, Queen of Raider Nation. And of course, I had to stop by to wish my boy happy 25 years on the radio. JT, man, 25 years. Wow. Do you remember what you did the first day you walked into a radio? I don't either. We won't even talk about that. However, I did want to stop by and A, congratulate you. I love you so much. I think you're just amazing. And the things that you've done for the Raider Nation is awesome. Even if people don't agree with us all the time. Even me sometimes. Um, But I wanted to share with everyone the first time we met. You might not remember this, but it was, I think, 20 years ago, maybe. I hate to say that. It ages us, doesn't it? We met at a big, huge fundraising party at the Palms. There was tons of Raider memorabilia. And I remember how excited I was, not only because there was going to be, you know, some Raider players there and Raider memorabilia, but I was going to be able to finally meet JT the Brick, who I'd seen on TV, growing up watching the Raiders, seeing you just do all the interviews and pre and post games and all that fun stuff. I was just starstruck. I was so excited. And when I got to meet you, it was even better in person than watching you on TV. So kudos to 25 years. Thanks for always being so amazing showing me the ropes and just leading the Raider Nation to nothing but victory all the time. I will see you soon. Go Raiders! JT, it's Clay Baker, man. And I'll tell you what, ever since I started listening to sports radio on WDFN in Detroit and then moving out here to Las Vegas and working alongside with you and Bobby at Sports Fan Radio Network, that's like the dark ages 20 years ago. And all the great shows you did on the Brick House, igniting the Raiders fans, the Seahawks fans, everybody along the nighttime skies. It was then I realized I was in the right place because of your passion, your professionalism, and it's embodied in your work ethic today. Man, I'm just really grateful that we can do shows together and be a part of something great here in Las Vegas as it turns a new corner. And congratulations on 25 years, baby. Only you can do it. JT, congratulations. JT, my friend, what's going on? It's Ed Graney, man. 25 years, just incredible, incredible career uh, that obviously will go on now for many more years. Um, been a pleasure knowing you and, uh, you know, uh, forging uh, kind of this radio business. I came into this and uh, you, you did nothing but help me and, and give me advice and uh, show me kind of how the way to do this. Uh, I was remembering here, I was talking to Bobby here a little while ago about um, when I first kind of met you and it was through a column I wrote for the paper um, on the handoff on the book and kind of how it impacted your life and how, you know, you wanted it to be kind of just this tale about where you came from and how, how you made it in life. And, um, I remember like, uh, the, the human side of it by you standing by Andrew through his battle and, and what that book came to mean to you in terms of standing by someone as kind of, um, uh, their life came to an end and, and what he meant to you. And so I was, was really impressed with that. And that's kind of how you and I first met, uh, writing the column. And then obviously as I got into the radio biz, um, you know, you were there also giving me, um, you know, great advice and 25 years, man. It's amazing. Uh, it not, I, I, my guess is it's not a coincidence of 25 years and the, the Yankees won the world series that year, 25 years ago. So what a shock there, um, uh, with Jeter and the boys beating Atlanta. So I'm sure you're happy about that, that your anniversary falls on such a, uh, on such a time. Uh, I would have preferred it have been the Dodgers, but it wasn't. Um, so listen, man, between the Raiders and what you're doing on the radio and all you've, uh, kind of done to help me and everyone uh at the radio business teaching us the way i really appreciate it um it's an amazing number to get to we all know this is a really weird business um you know and it comes and goes for people a lot of times so to have staying power and uh to have the influence you had is just terrific so from that column i wrote on the handoff to all the times we've uh, shared since then and uh going forward all the times we'll share since then uh, i want to say congratulations and thank you 
and uh, you know, thank Bobby also for kind of helping me you know, do any kind of part and making me a part of any of your show at any time you do. So I appreciate it, man. Um, God bless you and the family. I know you're really excited like I am. We're so proud of our kids and what they've been able to do. And we just want them to be much better than us in the end. And I know uh, you and I share that view as well. So 25 years is an incredible, man. Congratulations. And uh, I'm sure I will see and talk to you soon as the Raiders get underway for training camp. God bless Three, you. Two. One, JT, my man, I, I wish I was there right now with you because, doggone it, I'd love to celebrate the 25th anniversary of you being on radio. I got to tell you what I like the most, man. I, I, you know, you are a genuine professional in it. Do, you do it to the nth degree at top of the field, from being a husband to being a dad. To, to being an employee, to being a radio personality, to, to the Raiders, a friend. You're just you're just an amazing guy, and I have to tell you, man. Part of I'm just so glad radio brought us together because I, I just think you're an amazing human being. Best at you. Happy anniversary, brother. Take care. Wow, our boss Tony Benici. Everybody there, I'm very humble. Was not expecting that. Bobby, you have blown me away. And I'm, I'm not speechless, but I'm I'm getting close. Dude, we're not even halfway through. We haven't even taken on the sport. We haven't even taken on the Fox Sports era. We haven't Ooh. taken on the Raiders. We era. have to. We, can, we, we haven't can't taken just on, jump right to the Raiders. We nation? haven't taken on the Sirius XM era. We got a whole lot to do and a whole lot of less wow. time to do it in hour two coming up next.